If you're a business owner and you're wanting to grow your business, please make sure you head to Facebook and search for my No BS Business Hacks Facebook group. It's totally free and I share tips, tools, templates, and live trainings on all things sales, marketing, leadership, management, systemization, and more, as well as how to help you to perform at your best by optimizing your mindset as the business owner. So if you're a business owner, head across to Facebook via the link in the description of this podcast and join my free No BS Business Hacks Facebook group. So these are eight common reasons why most of society aren't really fulfilled and why so many people are unhappy, go through these cycles of feeling depressed or even depression, why so many people have things like anxiety, high stress levels, they're frustrated, they feel like they're not achieving where they wanna be in life. These are so common. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I talk about the many lessons, learnings, and tools that I've learned along my journey from being the private mindset and mental performance coach to rich listers, successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, and more, all while running business and personal performance events for tens of thousands of people who want to get the best out of themselves and their lives. This is my way of helping more people to excel in life, build successful empires, and be the best that they can be. I hope you share and enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the eight common reasons why so many people are unhappy, feel stuck, get depressed, or even have feelings of just consistent unfulfillment, like they're just stuck. So I'm going to go through step by step and talk about why society really reinforces these patterns that keep most people stuck and how to change them. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo, founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute and also Mojo Business Multiplier. Now let's talk today about why so many people set themselves up for mental health destruction and why most people will never thrive in life, especially with these metrics that society reinforce and why they're such a bad idea. All right, so what you'll hear is that there are a lot of people in society that will say things like, you know, my goal in life is just to be happy, or I just wanna be successful, or I just want to achieve, or you'll hear other things like people say things like, people shouldn't criticize others, people shouldn't judge, life should be easy. Now, all of these things here create a partial mistruth, and it's these mistruths that keep people stuck. So today I'm gonna be talking about these common metrics that people are using to navigate their own life and to check in to see whether they're on track or off track or whether they're achieving or not achieving, and why most people set themselves up for destruction with these metrics. Now, if you're in a business, and I'll give an example in business, if your goal in business was to build the business, then it's probably wise to look at your finances because everybody knows in business that the more money you make, the more you can reinvest and normally the more the business will grow. In most cases, just as a generalization. Now, imagine if you had a business, but you were measuring something like Facebook followers. Now, this happens a lot in marketing, which is why I don't like most marketers and I don't like most marketing agencies because they teach people dumb shit about money, which then gets businesses stuck. It's great for the marketers because marketers make a lot of money by trying to convince business that they need to build their social media following and they need to do all this stuff, which is partially true, but they are steps that lead to something else. It's not the core purpose of the business. So when I first started, I was ignorant in our business and I would have these marketers that would come in and they'd go, well, if you build more of a social media following, then you'll get more sales. And I'd go, hmm, that makes sense because obviously if there's more people who know about you, then there's more people who will probably buy your product. Okay, well, that's reasonable, but there's a massive chasm that you have to jump in order to make that work. For instance, there are plenty of people out there who have a million followers who very rarely even make enough money to survive. And that's because having followers like if you've got, let's say your followers are under the age of 16, 
So the majority of them don't work. Now you can have a million followers under the age of 16, but that doesn't mean that they're gonna pay for your product or service that might be four, five, six, eight hundred dollars. So that doesn't always work. Now it does if you target them effectively and you target the parents and you get the kids talking, but there's a whole strategy from going from followers to cash in the bank. So what can happen is that people use the wrong metrics. There can be a big gap between measuring social media followers and measuring the bank account. And so there's an ineffective strategy there. Now in life, most people have a big gap between an idea that they think that they want in life versus what it really takes to achieve and accomplish something. And so there's this big, huge chasm that people have to jump across. And most people get really, really confused for exactly the same reason as the example of the Facebook followers making more money. You know, a lot of business owners think more followers, it makes common sense. I should make more money. Well, you should, but there's a big gap. Now in life, there's a lot of these metrics that people use, but there's a huge gap between achieving the life that you want and the metrics that you're using to measure your life by. And I'm gonna start step-by-step step and break these down as to why they're not effective and how you can have better metrics so that you can absolutely thrive in life and enjoy waking up each and every day and doing the things that you love. So here's the first metric. Now this one here is so common and I hear it every single day. Someone talks about it and that is happiness. Happiness is the first metric that is absolute dog shit if you want to achieve in life. Now, I had someone only a couple of weeks ago, they said, you know, but Michael, you're happy in your life. Like, you know, you've got a business and you make money and blah, 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 and so you're happy. Now, they made an assumption that I'm happy. And so I set them the record straight. I said, look, I'm not happy. And they almost like looked at me in this weird look as to like, well, hang on, you've got all this stuff and you're not happy? The problem is that most people in life, if it's not one thing, it has to be the other. So the way that they navigate life is very black and white. So that means that if you're not happy, you must be unhappy, but that's not true. If I'm fulfilled, I don't need happiness and I don't need unhappiness. Just like if you're fulfilled in doing something, there's both a challenge there but there's also an ease with it. An example of this is last week I was explaining this to someone in jiu-jitsu who's a black belt. And I said that in order to get your black belt in jiu-jitsu, it is very, very tough. It is very, very hard. But at the same time, you obviously enjoy it. So it's hard, but enjoyable. That there normally leads to long-term fulfillment because you're doing something that's challenging enough that you're putting effort and energy into and you've got to overcome a lot of your own obstacles, a lot of your own challenges. You also have to become more self-aware. So you've got to learn stuff about yourself on the way to that journey. So when you give up, when you tap out, when you don't rock up for training and why you do that. So you become more self-aware through those challenges. Now, because of that, it's very rewarding and very fulfilling. So that obstacle becomes the lesson, the learning, the teacher, and it allows you to better yourself. That's why people who want an easy life which is one of the other ones as well. But happiness is one of the ones that is a really shitty metric because if you are doing fulfilling things, you won't be happy or unhappy. Like I'm not happy recording this podcast, but I'm not unhappy recording this podcast. It's just what I do because it's part of my mission. And so there is both a challenge there but there's also an ease there. Like I find it easy recording these podcasts, but it's also challenging because I've got to dedicate the time. I have to do a bit of research and a bit of planning before I do it. I then have to employ a team of people who edit it, who can get it up online, who then market it. So there's all of this other stuff that goes on with it. So it's not easy, but it's not challenging. And it's not challenging, but it's not easy. It's in the middle. It's part of a mission, which is fulfilling for me. So happiness is a really shitty metric to measure life. And so a lot of people go to work and they go, well, I'm unhappy in my job. Therefore, I need to go get another job or I need to go get another career because I'm unhappy. But then what they're doing is they're looking for happiness. So they're trying to take an easy job or they're trying to take a job with more pay. But that necessarily doesn't mean that you're gonna be happy because people who earn more money aren't necessarily happier. They might be taking on jobs that are really unfulfilling. There are a lot of people who go to the mines. They think that more money is gonna make life easier. They get up there, they realize that it's shit work. They don't enjoy it. 
They don't want to be there. They're away from their friends and family. It creates relationship pressure, relationship tension. And then they come back and now they're caught in this conundrum again because they had this fantasy or delusion that they were going to be happy because they were making more money. And in fact, it created the polar opposite as well. They're happy because they're earning more money, but they're extremely unhappy because of the work that they're doing in order to get that money. So with happiness also comes an unhappiness. Right in the middle is this beautiful balance point that if you do things that you're fulfilled in and you're clear with your mission, your goals, your purpose in life, and you're clear on your values and you live those, then you're not happy or unhappy, you're fulfilled, which is a balance of both. Okay, so it's a center point. So that's number one. Number two is another really bad metric is wanting to make your parents proud of you. There are a lot of people out there who say, you know, I just want to make my parents proud. I've gone into a career like I've gone into medicine because I just want to make my parents proud or I've gone into finance because I just want to make my parents proud. If you do things for the purpose of trying to please your parents, you'll be miserable. Your parents live their life based on their values and their mission in life. If they're clear with it, most people aren't, but most people try to live their values and they'll get feedback and so they'll keep adapting and trying to change to figure out their values in life, <clears throat> which is why it's so much cheaper and easier to do one of our events like Thrive Time because once you're clear on that, you can make clear, effective decisions and you're not gonna consistently throw yourself off track, which will waste both time and money. So if you're trying to make your parents happy or make your parents proud, they're living life based on their values and what's important to them. So their decision-making strategy is gonna be based on those values and their mission in life, whether they know it or not. Now, if you're adapting your behavior in order to try to please them, you're essentially trying to live in their values, which is gonna make you extremely unhappy and more likely to self-sabotage and self-destruct. So self-sabotage is normally feedback that you're living outside of your values priority. So it is ineffective to try to make your parents proud. You just have to do your thing. And you probably heard me talk on this podcast before about my mum bursting into tears when I left my diesel mechanic career in order to become a personal trainer. She got upset and she cried and all of that stuff. It was her fears coming out because she couldn't perceive how I would make money in the personal training industry. When I first started, it was over 20 years ago or about 20 years ago. And personal trainers back then weren't really even well known. They were just like these bogans that sort of lifted some weights in the gym or they were old athletes. And there was no money. There were, people used to think there was no money in it. But when I got in there and I started making good money and I got published in magazines and stuff like that, then my mum was proud of me. Why? Because she saw that I was doing okay. And all she ever wanted me to do was to be okay. The only way that she could understand whether I was doing okay or not was through her values and what she thought was valuable in life, not what I thought was valuable. And so this is part of the problem of listening to the opinions of others is that everybody filters the world through their own values. So for me personally, my highest value is teaching and learning and then connecting with people. I think that the most fulfilling life that I can have is to teach, learn, coach people and connect with, with people. Now, if I spread that onto everybody else and said, the way to have a fulfilling life is you need to connect with people, you need to learn, you need to teach, you need to coach people, then what I'm doing is I'm projecting my values onto them, which may not be congruent with them in their life. But this is what the majority of people do in our society, including professional speakers who say, you should look after your money and finances first. You should educate yourself and you should be smarter. You should go out and connect with more people. Life is about experiences. Like if you don't have experiences, life becomes pointless and meaningless. Other people say things like, if you don't have a family, then life is meaningless. But what they're doing is they're projecting their values onto others, which then fucks up other people around them because it creates confusion, it creates stress, it creates guilt, it creates shame. All of those things when you can't match that expectation. Now there's 8 billion people on the planet. Every person has a different values hierarchy and a different value structure and a different meaning of their values. This is why I help people to get clear on exactly what their values are because it is an essential driver 
to the fulfillment that they're going to have in their own life. So number two is that you want to make your parents proud. You'll probably make your parents proud by being yourself and excelling at whatever you do because you love what you do and you'll be committed to it long term. You put in the hours, you put in the effort, you'll be more balanced mentally and emotionally and you'll grow more. That's probably going to make your parents proud. If they expect you to do something and it's not making them proud, it's normally because you're not living up to your own expectations, number one. You're not pushing yourself hard enough and committing to it. Number two is that you're trying to live in their values or someone else's values and you can't live up to that expectation. So you self-sabotage and self-destruct. Number three is that you're wanting to prove your worth to those who criticize you or to those who doubt you. Now, when I grew up, I started going to the gym because I got told that I was fat as a kid. I felt like shit. I used to get picked on about my looks. And so my looks became important to me. Now, those kids actually helped me to create one of my high values, which is physical appearance and physical exercise. So I love training. I love exercise. I love doing all of that stuff. It's super important to me. But originally, it was based on the fear of not being good enough. And so that used to drive me. Now, that decision or that waking up in the morning and having to go to the gym and feeling like I had to go because if not, I wasn't going to be good enough and people are going to judge me and criticize me. That's good because it creates drive. But what can happen is it will burn you out and it's not effective over the long term. Long term, when you understand your values and you're clear on them, and so you do things that you love, you don't do things because you have to do things. The idea of doing something that you love is fulfilling, whereas when you do something that you have to do or because you're afraid or because you're scared or because it brings up these insecurities, that's often driven by desperation. And when you're driven by desperation, you consistently go back to desperation within your own life. When you just do what you love because it's just part of what you do, then you don't have those self-sabotage patterns and those destructive behaviors because mentally you do it because that's what you do. It's what you enjoy. But you really wanna make sure that you start balancing out and clearing out old imbalances that you have mentally and emotionally around your past because if you don't, they normally lead to destructive behaviors. And a lot of people think that when I get to this place or when I achieve this stuff or when I buy these things, other people will respect me and appreciate me and they won't criticize me. And it's not true. The more that you achieve, the more you stand out above others. The more you stand out above others, the more likely you are to be criticized, attacked, and judged. If you think that when you achieve things, you're gonna be less criticized, it's not likely. And a great example of this is years ago, I had two friends of mine when I was younger, probably in my late 20s. One bought a Ferrari and one bought a Lamborghini. The friend of mine who had the Ferrari, I heard about, called him up a couple of weeks later and I said, congratulations on the Ferrari. How's everything going? And he said, oh, yeah, it's all right. And he said, I'm selling it. And I said, well, what are you selling your Ferrari for? And he goes, oh, mate, I hate it. And I said, why do you hate it? And he goes, I drive around everywhere. I get called a dickhead, a wanker. You know, I park it somewhere. I'm afraid of someone scratching it. You know, it's just an attraction magnet for people's negativity and, and criticism. And I thought, oh, interesting. I never really thought about that. Then I went and caught up with another mate of mine a couple of weeks later, and he had bought a Lamborghini. And I said, how do you find the car? And he said, I love it. And I said, oh, cool. Do you get judged a lot? Like when you drive around, do you get called a dickhead? Because I told him the story about my other friend. And he said, yeah, all the time. And he said, even yesterday, I was doing a U-turn. This old lady stood there and said to me, nice U-turn, dickhead, or something like that. And he said, I just, the window was down. And he said, I just yelled out to her, you wish you were me, and then just drove off. And he said, I don't give a fuck what people think. So essentially you have two people who bought a supercar for two different reasons. One, the person who bought the Ferrari, bought the Ferrari in order to try and prove his doubters wrong, in order to prove his worth to others. And so when he got criticized, it broke that fantasy. It was creating a lot of pain for him and a lot of discomfort and made him feel like shit. Whereas my other friend who bought the car because he loves cars 
and that's just what he has. For him, he didn't give a shit what anyone else thought because he didn't buy the car to impress others. He bought the car for himself. And it was a great learning because once I bought my cars, I've been criticized a lot. I've been called a rich prick, an asshole, a fucking wanker. It just, it is what it is, right? So most people never understand. But trying to prove your worth to others and thinking that when you achieve something that you're not going to be criticized and not going to be judged and that people aren't going to doubt you is completely false. In fact, it gets worse. But you get better at handling it. So I have learned more about people by having those things. And so it makes me more calm as an individual. I've actually, by being judged and criticized, I've had to introspect a lot. Just understand that as you grow more and as you achieve more, the judgments and criticisms are only going to get worse and it's by more people. Please understand that avoiding criticism and avoiding judgment and avoiding people doubting you is a really bad metric for life. Number four is trying to win the respect and appreciation of others, which is almost the counterbalancer for number three. But if you think that people are going to respect you because you achieve more, maybe that's a pretty shitty metric because you should be wanting to achieve the things that you want to achieve because you're clear with your values and you know the values order. Number two, you have a clear purpose in life and that purpose in life governs your fulfillment. Number three is that you are clear on your mission in life. And so you've got this big long-term objective that you're trying to fulfill. Also, the visions that you keep getting in your own mind, they get set into goals and those goals as well are driving you in a direction. So should you have all of those things worked out, which you know, I've created a map for that, which I teach at Thrive Time. That framework is part of a larger framework, which I call our success squared framework. And the reason why it's success squared is because when you square something, it multiplies itself by itself. And so the clearer you are with yourself, the more you can multiply you as you. And so the better you become at things. And so it's not about trying to prove stuff to others or to win appreciation or to get affection or to have people like you. If you use those as metrics for life, you are failing already. And this is why so many people in our society are unhappy because they keep changing based on the perceptions of others. Business owners do this shit all the time with their businesses and then wonder why they can't get traction. You know, we see this right now with virtual signaling where a lot of universities are changing and adapting based on a small minority of upset people who have loud voices. And so then now people are virtually signaling, you know, where everyone's trying to become carbon neutral and everyone's trying to be, you know, politically correct and everyone's trying to not upset others. But when you do that, all that happens is you bend for a minority of people with big mouths and you set yourself back as a business because a lot of your customers that love your work won't say anything. And I see this from the podcast. I know that there are thousands of people who are listening to this podcast right now or in the next week or the next three or four weeks. But I know that 90% of people who are listening to this right now or even 99% haven't rated the podcast, haven't reviewed the podcast and haven't shared the podcast. That doesn't mean that the podcast is shit and I should keep changing it. It just means that most people, when they enjoy something, don't give feedback. Now, by the way, if you haven't already rated and reviewed the podcast, I would love it if you do so because it helps it to get out to more people and it gives social proof that we're obviously doing something that adds value and, and you know it helps us out as well. But not everybody's going to do that. So if you adapt and change your business model consistently to try and win the respect and appreciation of people who are probably criticizing, who are probably judging you might fuck up your whole business because the people who love your product and service who don't say anything, you've now changed the product and service. So now they're upset and they're the people who are essentially buying the products or buying the service or doing the right thing by you, but you've changed it because of a small minority of people. So just be very careful using the metric of appreciation and respect in life. If you want to live a great life, my recommendation is to not worry about the appreciation and respect of others. It's more about the appreciation and respect of yourself because you're serving a greater purpose which is the mission, the purpose, the values, goals, all of that stuff. And you're just doing your thing.
Get ready business owners that make under a million dollars per year. I'm getting ready to launch my brand new online dominate zero to a million dollars business hub with the goal of giving small business owners what they need to grow their business past their first million dollars. With the tips, the tools, the processes, the frameworks and the trainings to scale their business past the first million dollars without wasting years and millions of dollars like I did with all the trials, errors and mistakes that cost me. This will give those of you out there wanting to make your first million dollars the fast track to scaling your business. Stay tuned for the launch. Number five is trying to be peaceful and calm all the time. I have watched thousands, if not tens of thousands of people fuck up their lives by trying to be peaceful and calm all the time. I've watched people who work in corporate business who are very driven and who push themselves a, a bit too hard and don't know how to navigate life effectively because they don't have the right mental performance tools, they're unclear on their values, they don't know their mission, they don't know their, they're not clear on their purpose, and so they overwork, they don't know how to delegate, they just end up burning out consistently. They're stressed out because they don't feel like they're getting where they need to and they put all this pressure on themselves and then they self-depreciate. They beat themselves up. They think that they're not good enough, smart enough. And eventually that pressure becomes too much. I had this conversation with a friend of mine the other day that I haven't seen for a while. I know he listens to this podcast, so uh, thank you for this topic as well. You know who you are and it was a really highly valuable conversation for both me and him, I hope. And I essentially used the terminology and I said, look, if you've got a really bad back, when you stand up, your back is gonna hurt more because gravity naturally pulls you into the ground. And that pressure of gravity creates pressure on your spine. And so that creates more pain. Now you have a choice. You can actually work on fixing that shit and working through it, which can become more uncomfortable. Anyone who's done physical rehabilitation knows this feeling. If you've just had a knee operation, it becomes extremely hard and painful to do the exercises at first to get movement back in your knee. So it becomes extremely painful at first to deal with the shit that you're not dealing with in your own life because of whatever has gone on in your past. So for people who are doing their own mental and emotional work, sometimes it becomes more painful before life becomes easier. And sometimes it becomes more stressful and challenging before things get easier and more flexible and you become more adaptive and all those sort of things. And so I said, look, when if you're lying in bed, your back might hurt a little bit. Then when you stand up, it hurts even more because of the pressure of gravity. Now, if you jump out of a plane and gravity's gone and you're essentially in free fall, your back might not hurt at all. Why? Because you're just hanging there in the air and there's no, no compression force. But eventually one or two things is gonna happen. The parachute is gonna pull open and pull your spine up and eventually you're gonna land on the ground and you're gonna have gravity again or the parachute doesn't open and you splatter on the ground. Now in life, if you don't keep dealing with challenges and the problems that you face, the only time shit will get easier is when you're in free fall and you'll think that everything's okay. So when someone has a lot of money and then they start getting into free fall and they go on more holidays and they think that everything's gonna be easier, they don't realize they're in free fall because they go, oh, I'm, I'm enjoying everything. But eventually the money starts to run out and so it creates more pressure again but now they're in a worse off position and it's more painful for them. So they've got to work harder in order to get back to the position that they were in before. Why? Because they never really dealt with the problem in the first place and they never really dealt with the pressure. So in your own life, if you're trying to be peaceful and calm all the time, you're probably in free fall, okay? And a lot of people will be in free fall. Like a lot of the spirituality community, and I've seen this, I used to be part of that community. So I was part of the spiritual people that used to go into the crystal shop. I bought my crystals, I bought my incense. I would go to meditation classes. I, I was, you know, try not to do shit. I fucking hated myself. I hated myself because I would sit there throughout the day knowing that I had a shitload of work to do, that I had these big goals and big dreams. Yet at the same time, I'm sitting in my head going, why am I thinking about all this stuff? I shouldn't have all this pressure. I shouldn't be so stressed out. And so my own internal dialogue created the stress. And the more I stressed about it, the more stressed I became. And the more stressed I became, the more I wanted peace and the more I wanted calm. 
and the more incense that I would burn and the more I'd do meditation classes and the more crystals I'd buy and the more I would do sound bowl work and the more, because I thought that I was fucked up and that it was all this negative energy around me and there I am burning all this shit around me. And when, when I realized that the problem wasn't all that stuff, it was a lack of self-awareness and a lack of responsibility. And the less responsible I was and the less aware I was, the more painful life was. And the more painful life was, the more I kept trying to retreat from it. When I owned that shit and I just went, you know, what? I'm going to run head first into this stuff. I'm going to tackle it. Once I started tackling it, I built more of my strength, my, my ability to say no, the ability to create boundaries, the ability to focus on what I wanted, the clearer that I got. And the more that I did that, the more that I achieved and the calmer my mind became. So the more I achieved and the harder that I worked, the clearer and more focused that I was and the more at peace that I was with myself. Most people never realize this. But being peaceful and calm all the time is a really shitty metric in life. Those that pretend that they're calm all the time normally have a lot of internal destruction because they don't like dealing with challenging situations. They normally don't like confronting problems. They normally don't like confronting people when their boundaries are crossed. And so those who consistently are looking for peace and calmness are normally very passive aggressive. They will normally do shit that is underhand. They will normally judge and blame other people. Like I see all these people out there who are supposedly these spiritual warriors who complain about narcissism and how narcissistic people are and these bad people that push their boundaries and, you know, hurt them and all that stuff. But it's because they're weak as shit, right? If you're weak in nature, any animal that is weak will get dominated by another animal or essentially eaten or, you know, it'll go extinct. As part of the animal kingdom, we have to keep pushing ourselves to grow, to expand and to become stronger. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to dominate other people. But what it does mean is that you need to set your boundaries and hold people accountable to them. It means you need to learn how to communicate more effectively so that you can hold people accountable to the boundaries that you set. It means that you have to be comfortable with saying no and upsetting others because they want you to do something and you're not prepared to do it because you know the effect that it has on your own mental health. And most people don't like dealing with that stuff. So the fifth metric that is a bad or a shitty metric for life is being peaceful and calm all the time. You'll have times where you're at peace. You'll have times where you're, you're at war with yourself. Sometimes you can be at war with others and be completely at peace with yourself. And sometimes you'll be completely at peace with others and completely at war with yourself. So you need to find out where that balance point is. That's why I teach a lot about mental balance, which very few people talk about. But what I've found is that those who try to be positive all the time are normally very heavily critical of themselves internally, judge other people, blame other people, have more of a victim mentality because they are trying to be positive on the outside, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're positive on the inside. It can essentially mean that they have a lack of awareness for their own negativity and their own victimization and doubt and blame and all of that stuff. Number six is believing that life shouldn't be hard. Now, I hear a lot of people say, oh, life shouldn't be that hard. Well, you know what? Maybe life is supposed to be hard because when you walk into the gym and you have a hard gym session, you become stronger. When you have a hard gym session or a hard workout, you become more effective cardiovascularly, your body adapts to it. So when things are hard and you learn how to work through them, you know that that is where your strength gets built. You know that's where you become more adaptable. That's where you become more intelligent. You start to problem solve more effectively. So in fact, things being hard or challenging are a very, very beneficial part of growth. Now, if you're a business owner out there and you're saying, well, business shouldn't be that hard, well, have a make a fucking choice. Do you want business to be hard where you grow, become more effective, you become more intelligent and it forces you to be a better individual, better manager, a better leader, better with your numbers, better with the data. And you see the challenges as being an awesome way to be better. Then you'll love the challenge. You'll love things being hard. But when you think that things should be easy and then things become complicated, 
and you keep saying to yourself, it shouldn't be that hard, it shouldn't be that hard, life should be easy, then what will happen is you'll create self-sabotage patterns, destructive behaviors, and eventually you'll mentally and emotionally melt down. This is where a lot of people get burnt out. Their burnout comes from not being able to meet these unrealistic expectations that they keep creating, like the idea of being happy all the time, or that people should be proud of you, or that people shouldn't judge and criticize. And those internal thoughts that are being conflicted create a lot of internal chaos or a lot of internal stress or mental health challenges. And then because of that, you'll get burnt out. Your brain consumes a lot of energy. In fact, it consumes the majority of energy that you use throughout the day. So if your brain isn't working effectively or your mind's not working effectively, then you may be burning out just because of the energy consumption that you're using, trying to deal with these fantasies that you've got that aren't effectively helping you. And I, I went through this stuff. This is all the things that I learned on my journey of working with tens of thousands of people, but also as well from working through my own shit and breaking my own fantasies and delusions that I used to have. Life should be hard. It should be challenging. Things in nature that have stress and have pressure tend to grow the most and tend to expand the most. I had a quote years ago that I said, which I still put in my Thrive Time manual, and that is that trees grow the deepest roots in the harshest droughts. Why? Because they have to. You'll become greater through the biggest challenges in your life, should you choose to, than you will through the rest of your life. I know that personally, I grew more last year by having a financial year that was absolutely shit in the business due to issues that went on with COVID and staffing and all that stuff. And I became so much better as a leader, as an individual, more calmer, more effective. My mindset has grown more than it has throughout my whole entire life based on having to deal with shit day after day after day after day. And I came out the other side a better individual because of it. And I would never change it and I would never take it back because no matter what happens in my life, I'm, I've already got that knowledge that no one can take away from me. So if you keep believing that life shouldn't be that hard, it's probably gonna be very, very hard and it's probably a really shitty metric for your life. Number seven, the second to last one, is wanting to make your kids proud. So many parents I hear say things like, I just wanna make my kids proud. Well, first of all, they have their own value system and you have your value system. Your kids probably don't have the same values as you. They might have some ones that are similar and some that are different, but they're essentially gonna to filter their whole world through their own filter. Now, growing up, my both of my parents worked really, really hard. I never even fucking thought about what my parents were doing. I just would deal with the daily conflicts I had because I was a kid or I was a teenager. I didn't really understand much. And so I would just see that they were working all the time and I'd criticize them for that. Then they would struggle with money. So I'd criticize them for that. Your kids are probably gonna criticize you way more than what you ever expect and what you think. And they're probably going to do that because they're developing their own identity, their own values, and their own lessons and learnings in life. Eventually one day they will be proud of you, potentially if you can keep a good relationship. Now I can say that I'm not proud of my parents, but I understand a lot of the choices that they made throughout their life especially having me at 17 and 19, which were, you know, my mum my was 17, dad was 19. And the choices that they made financially with their careers and so on, I look back now and I go, I get it. I understand it. I'm not proud of them, but I'm not not proud of them. It's just that I understand. Now your kids, no matter what you do, will eventually get to a place where they will have to look back and reflect and try to understand why you were the way that you were. But that doesn't mean that they're gonna appreciate you. It doesn't mean that they're gonna respect you. It doesn't mean that they need to love you or care for you or anything. It just means that they will go through stages in their life where they will understand things that maybe they didn't. You're better off teaching your kids how to communicate effectively, how to live their values, how to create and set boundaries, how to create rules and stuff that they live by. They're probably gonna be the things that are going to help them more than anything than being fucking proud of you. If you want your kids to be proud of you, it's because you're insecure as shit and you're not dealing with your own stuff. There I said it, some people are gonna be upset about it. But if your concern is that your kids are proud of you, you're probably insecure. If you just do what you need to do in life, your kids will probably understand eventually. Now, if you can help them understand that by communicating effectively with them, by teaching them, by helping them to develop into 
great human beings, then you've done a probably a great job as a parent. But whether your kids are proud of you or not proud of you, it has nothing really to do with your own self-worth unless your self-worth is based on what your kids think, which then means you're insecure. So my suggestion is just do your thing, understand your values, understand your purpose, understand your mission. I think from what I've from what I've seen, and this is just my perception and my assumption from studying human behavior and people, the best thing that you can do for your kids is be yourself and then help them to be themselves. It's got nothing to do with whether they respect you or not. It has more to do with how you help them develop as individuals. Number eight is needing to feel safe and certain all the time in order to do things. So if one of your metrics in life is that you need to feel safe and certain to do things, you will probably stagnate. Certainty normally comes from familiarity and so does safety. Some people can feel safe in war-torn countries because it's just what they know and they don't know any different. But if you take someone from a country like Australia and you take them to a third world country or you take them to a country where there's a lot of chaos, they'll freak the fuck out. Why? It's because certainty and safety normally comes from familiarity. I go and train with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with MMA fighters. Now those guys feel completely comfortable and most of the time they feel safe getting in the ring and being hit and being punched. Why? Because it's familiar to them. They've trained themselves in order to feel like that. If you're consistently trying to feel safe in life and making sure that everything is certain and you've got to make sure that everything is comfortable, those metrics in life will probably stop you from achieving. Because in order to do something different in your life, it's normally it normally feels uncomfortable. It might feel unsafe. When I first started our business, it was unsafe because I had no certainty whether things were going to work or not work. I could lose money. I might make money. I don't really know. Hence why I focused on the mission. I focused on what we're trying to achieve and I just worked towards it. And I still do. The decisions that I make every day and every week are normally uncomfortable. I normally don't know whether I feel safe or not safe. And so I try to mitigate risks. I try to think through things. I ask questions like, well, what happens if it does go wrong? By doing that, it helps me to be more effective, but I don't really worry too much about, do I feel safe or do I feel certain? Because if I worry too much about those things, I normally don't move forward and progress. And so most people in life who are trying to feel safe all the time and are trying to feel certain all the time and are trying to feel comfortable all the time, very rarely do they progress. And anything in nature that doesn't grow dies. So if you're not growing and you're not moving forward, then you're definitely moving backwards. You're not staying in the same position. So those who are comfortable normally will eventually become uncomfortable. So have a look at the person who just cruises their whole career. They don't really work too hard. They don't really overexert themselves. They love having weekends and public holidays and they just do all that stuff. And they go, you know what, life's not that bad. I get to enjoy it a bit. I'm pretty relaxed. I'm pretty chilled out. What happens when retirement hits? And they realize that they've got fuck all money and their lifestyle takes a massive hit. And now they can't even pay their bills. The rest of their life becomes uncomfortable. Why? Because they choose they chose comfort as a metric for their own life. The reason why I talk about these today, and I hope these eight key or eight ways that people normally are unhappy or are depressed in life, it's normally because of these eight or so metrics that they're measuring life by to figure out whether they're succeeding or not succeeding or whether they're achieving or not achieving or whether their life's good or not good. The truth is that your life will only be a direct reflection of how clear you are on your mission, your purpose, your values, and your goals. If you set them up effectively and you know how to keep your mindset balanced and you know how to keep your lifestyle in balance based upon your values and you just drive towards it, you'll probably be more fulfilled than 99.999% of the planet, which is why I teach this framework at Thrive Time because it is so essential to living a really fulfilling life and doing things that you enjoy. And now normally, You'd be you'll be successful as well. Like I've committed, I commit a lot of time to the business, not because I care about growing the business, but it's because it's what I enjoy. It's what I love. I wake up every day and I do this because it's what I want to do. I'm driven to do it because it serves a mission. It serves a purpose. So I don't feel like I work hard in order to rest or I need to work hard in order to have weekends and public holidays. I just work hard because that's what I enjoy doing. If I had to do something else, like if I had an easier job of screwing wheels on tires or, or putting tires on cars or whatever, in a production line, I would probably be miserable. Now you could pay me more money 
and you could give me more public holidays and more long weekends and I would still be extremely miserable. Why? Because it doesn't serve a purpose. It doesn't meet my mission. It doesn't serve my values. So more money is, I'm still gonna be unhappy. I'm still gonna be miserable. I'm still gonna be depressed. I can work in an easier life and have more peace and have more public holidays and long weekends, but I'm gonna be miserable. And most people are miserable and unhappy and unfulfilled because of the metrics that they're consistently basing their decisions that they make within their own life in order to try and figure out how to move forward and progress in their own life. And so for a lot of people out there who want ease and comfort and simplicity and all that sort of stuff, they make really, really poor decisions about their career choices and about the way that they live, the way they spend money, the way they look after their health and so on. If you change those and you go back to the fundamentals that I keep teaching about the mission, the purpose, the values, the goals, and all those sort of things, what you'll find is at first it's extremely challenging, it's extremely hard, but the more you keep implementing this stuff over time, you start to get momentum and you start to get this bell curve where at first it seems like not much is progressing and life doesn't change a lot. And then all of a sudden, bang, it just skyrockets and you live completely different to everybody else. And then people come up to you and go, shit, how did you do it? And they're looking for the shortcuts, the quick fixes, but you just know that you did things that other people will never do and you'll implement stuff that most people won't want to implement. And then finally, you've done it for a long enough period that you've learned enough that it all compounds and then your life skyrockets. Anyway, I hope this episode helps Driven Mofos. I hope that it makes you consider and think differently about your metrics that you use to base your life on and how well you're living and so on. I just wanted to share today because I thought that this is an important topic and uh, it's come up quite a lot lately for uh, people who have reached out to me. So anyway, Driven Mofos, have a great day. Keep kicking goals and thanks for being part of this wicked community. It's absolutely awesome to have so many driven people here. So uh, anyway, take care, keep kicking massive goals.